Curve Americans, before we get into the episode, we we just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to Las Vegas, uh, out in Nevada, worst uh, shooting in in U.S. history. Um, Our thoughts to all the families and all the victims out there, um, our our thoughts are truly with you. Las Vegas, a great town. Hope you guys are super resilient. Like like Chris said, our thoughts are with you. Um, Forza Las Vegas. Yeah, it's an absolute tragedy, and uh, you know I think Jimmy Kimmel did it right, did it some justice today. Um, but really, just you know, need to uh, look forward from this tragedy. Um, you know, and saw a lot of uh, heroism as well in, amidst the, all the negativity. So, you know, definitely uh, condolences to all the families, and uh, our thoughts are, are are in Las Vegas right now. Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani, with all three of us on the podcast together again for week seven. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad. How are you guys? Back from the West Coast and the Southwest, huh? Yeah, man, we're back. West Coast was great. Shout out to uh, Nils and Amy, my uh, in-laws. Uh, Ish. Second <laughs> yeah. degree. No, no, my, my in-laws, my wife's aunt and uncle. Great time out there. Got a super sweet tattoo. Of Julius Caesar, my first like big tattoo. Yep, it's for the listeners out there. It's big. It's a big tattoo. Kind of looks like my brother. It's his, at least in the it's nose. Life size. It's life size for sure. I don't think Julius Caesar has a, a good enough posture to be your brother, <laughs> uh, Marco. But um, yeah, just you know, got a got a date with a with a very charming and handsome tattoo artist. Uh, shout out to Danny Campa uh, on Instagram at Faust underscore one. So check him out. It's bad at the bone. You'll actually see my tattoo on there. Um, yeah, happy to be back. Happy to put the America back in Curve America because Sam Eastwood is just god-awful. <laughs> We're very grateful for Sam for joining us. But uh, you got back, but we weren't exactly back in D.C. We did a special event up there in Philly, guys. What did you guys think of Philly? I haven't been back in a, in a while, so it was nice to be in Philly proper for the first time in a long time. I think... Philly catches a bad rap around here. Uh, you know, you have a lot of people from New York. You got a lot of people from D.C. And maybe it's a battle of the three cities. Um, but I got to say, you know, just driving through Philly, kind of walking around some of the stores and some of the restaurants and stuff is beautiful. Beautiful and really just had a great time. It's always saying Philadelphia, baby. And That's all I got to right. say is, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Yeah, it was pretty, you know, I, I said that kind of as a joke, and then he's like, oh, no, yeah, we built the bar in Umbria and put it on shipping containers <laughs> and brought it over here. But no, just to hit, hit it on all cylinders with the great coffee. Um, you can always tell a quality Italian place. I had two sandwiches there, and I scratched the roof out of my mouth so bad that it started bleeding. That's good Italian bread right there. There you go. And you come away with an injury, injury from eating a panino. Not to mention twitching eyes from the str- the strength of the espresso. I mean, that place just did it right. If that place was in D.C., I told I told Gigi, you know, I think you should look into franchising yeah. uh, out in D.C., although that might kind of squander some of uh, Tad's future plans here. Might have a yeah, competitor. Yeah, man, I'm, tr- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to corner that market That's here. Right. Yeah. No, the, uh, uh, the coffee, man, was so good, so strong that, like, you know, at the end of the of the live pod, I mean, we we'd done like three interviews and you know a couple. We did like a halftime and a pregame and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I just kind of felt like Will Ferrell um, as Frank the Tank in old school when he does the debate team. I just kind of like came to and I was like just blacked out. And at the end of it, I'm like, hey, whoa, what happened? We're like, we did a live podcast, man. I'm like, yeah. oh, it, it did kind of feel like that. But Some strong coffee here. If, uh, if any other cities are interested out there, we saw on social media some of the Canadian cities, Montreal, Toronto, um, you know, we're, we're definitely, we had a lot of fun with it, so we'd be interested in kind of coordinating, and again, the point of Curve America, what we're trying to do is, is really expand the interest in all of Syria here in uh, uh, North America, so we'd love to work with other clubs uh, out, out there. Also we're, considering, it, oh, sorry, Marco. Just as, you know, room and board is, uh, you know, it's a... Something that we would appreciate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Our, our, our green room list is going to be very thin, but <laughs> yeah. no brown M and M's is definitely going to be on there. <laughs> exactly. Going to have some Keith Richards in that. No, we're trying to be, you know, kind of the voice of the Syria fan. We're not. We're not journalists. We're trying to make the Syria fun and engaging. And uh, I'm trying to get it hyped, man. The revolution will not be televised. It will be podcast. The Syria revolution will not be televised. It will be podcast. But I got to say, shout out to. Our boy Dave at uh, Milan Club for rec- you know, recommending Zio's uh, uh, Philly cheesesteak. I mean, that was one thing I was really looking forward to up there was getting a proper Philly cheesesteak. He didn't, he didn't disappoint. He even texted me directions, which was a straight line um, down the road, which we probably still would have gotten lost. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, absolutely amazing. Philly, you know, mad love for Philly. Except yep. for, you know, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, and Let's, all their sports teams. We'll, we'll keep it with Syria because, uh, yeah, we're all in agreement there. <laughs> so, uh, yep, thank you, Philly. Let's jump back into Syria action with the rundown for Week 7. Curve America watches the games on the road in Philly this week at our first live show. Napoli had another practice game that counts for three points on the table. Juventus drops their first points of the season, but Fatboy G looks like he might be starting to heat up again. A bunch of goals last week. Inter take Benevento's best punch so far, but keep on rolling. And Roma stay hot in the San Siro. OTFR wax out Sassuolo, but remind everyone why the world hates their ultras. Going to be another empty stadium for them coming up. Udinese get the cheapest three points so far this season, but will definitely take it. And Crotone continue their mat. Their march to 17th place. What was that? <laughs> that, Marco, was my contribution to the shameless beer plug. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's natural light. It's natural light, baby. And you might be asking yourself, why are we promoting natural light? Well, after the trip to Boston, the trip to Philly, which included a uh, $36 parking ticket that I got on uh, whatever street we were on, 
And then not to mention the other $18 in parking, the gas and everything. I, I, I don't have any more money for anything more than a three ninety nine six pack. <laughs> but, and I'd also say Natural Light, the unofficial official beer of tomorrow's strange bowel movements. Oh, man. Can we call it Curva America's version of San Pellegrino? I wouldn't go that far. I enjoy yeah. drinking San Pellegrino. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, I said to you and, and I, Leslie before the pod, man, uh, I feel like Riggs in, in uh, uh, Lethal Weapon. I'm, I'm too old for this. Too old for Natty Light. Yeah, I think if San Pellegrino is like if you dumped out a bottle of San Pellegrino and filled it up with puddle water that a bum had peed in, <laughs> and that would be Natural Light. Right. The unofficial official beer of tomorrow's strange bowel movement. All right. Well, regardless of uh, how old we are, uh, our shameless beer plug out on social media, which is a good reminder... We are out there on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can hit us up at Curve America, all one word. We've got an email account, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. You can find our podcast on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, AS Roma 360, our friends over on that website. Tad, you're back. Yeah, I would really appreciate We would all really appreciate Actually, humanity would really appreciate it centuries from now. They will appreciate going back and realizing that you had subscribed, rated, and commented on the podcast. You'll be one of the original ones that started the Curve America Revolution, which will not be televised. It'll be podcasted. That's right. All right. So we've got all that. We hope everyone can sit back, relax. Tad, I'm going to join you. And here we go with the first five. All right, up first, the team everyone is celebrating being at the top of the table here, Napoli. They played Cagliari. This one finished 3 nothing. This week, the Ant Army make off with a cav- oh, Cavallo. Cavallo sandwich. <laughs> and Marco added in here in Sardinia, apparently people eat horse meat. And I believe Tad's got a story to join us. Yeah, with have that. you guys never eaten horse meat before? Haven't eaten it yet. It's not a delicacy in North Jersey. Leslie and I's honeymoon when we were in uh, Syracuse, uh, Sir, uh, Sicily. Sorry, not Sardinia, Sicily. And uh, we went to. We just had to get something quick before we got back in our rental car and drove. I don't know what we were late for, but you know, we went to this like little mom and pop sandwich shop. Something truly authentico. And Leslie asked, you know, hey, what's what's the best thing here? And they're like, without a, a pause, we're like, the horse meat sandwich. And we're like, really? They're like, yeah. Like excited about it. Oh, yeah. And I took one bite of that. And I got to tell you, man, Philly cheesesteaks got to run for their money. Some cheesesteak, <laughs> some cheese whiz on that. The thing would be balling out of control. Uh-huh. It was like a Grand Cafe sandwich panino bread filled with horse meat, Philly cheese whiz. And you wash it down with a what? Natural light. <laughs> yeah. The unofficial official uh. beer of tomorrow's foul bowel movie. That is a delicacy. Let's go to the actual couch of Marco. Finally, Napoli Cagliari, what happened? So, I mean, it's again, it's just total Napoli domination as expected from Oompa Loompa Nation over here. Uh, Again, it's three goals from three different players. You know they like to spread them out like that. They also like to spread out their opponents, apparently. So, uh, meanwhile, you know, you got Cagliari just still on bomber hangover. So, just a little preview of, uh, of some of our takeaways that we got here. But you uh, look at this game, Marco, 73-27 to 27 possession, 25-4 to four shots, just wow. It's like when you scrimmage the B team and it's offense-defense drill. So it reminds me of. 
but yeah, first takeaway from the game is just the Ant Army setting records. I mean, 25 goals through the first seven games, and they won all seven of them. Uh, that's a Serie A record. Sorry, Juve, you don't have every single record. Uh, but they, again, they haven't really played big competition. Like we said, we like to spread them out. Cagliari's uh, just a, another notch on their belt. Um, it's just interesting because, you know, Milik gets that ACL tear. But, you know, Milik, you know, he hasn't scored that many goals. They just spread out the goals. Uh, Mertens, Insigne, Callejon, Hamsik, all firing on all cylinders. But not only that, they are just incredible at, at ball possession. I was looking at the statistic that out of the top 10 uh, completed passes in the Serie A this year, there's only two guys that aren't from Napoli, and it's Boca Valero, which sounds like a, a Catalonian horse meat. Um, <laughs> it's a and, theme now. It's yeah. officially a theme. And uh, and uh, Vecino, but like Koulibaly, Jorginho, Callejon, Hamsik, all these guys are just absolutely completing it almost every pass. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they're so good that... Yeah, but I will say in this game, Napoli, man, just watching the highlights again, it's not just that they score, it's how they score. They're they're just so fun to watch every single game. I really do look forward to seeing that, that already now you're seeing more articles pop up about Napoli being the surprise team uh, in Europe. And now that they're at the top of the table, I think people are you know really starting to think it might be a dream that, uh, that they could actually win the Scudetto this year. Well, speaking of, you know, we only talk about their their offense all the time. And one of the biggest question marks before the season started is, well, do they have the depth in the defense? You know, are they going to be shaky in the back that, you know, Reina was kind of talking about moving on as well. But look, they, they've had three shutouts so far this season, granted against not so great competition. But they had Atalanta in there. Right. And it doesn't really necessarily, you know, just because they haven't played good competition, it's still not easy to just give up five goals you know only Roman Inter better defensively at the moment seven games through less than a goal a game three shutouts that's impressive no matter who you're playing in Serie A and I mean the only team that's really made it interesting scoring more than one goal is Spal the giant killers well I think we can ask Cagliari it's really hard to score a goal when you don't touch the ball ever it's like you know playing Napoli in soccer is like playing David Spade in checkers it's not hard to win when you never move your back bro (laughs) (laughs) speaking of uh you know not being able to find the goals I tell you what Cagliari ever since losing Boriello you know they've just been uh, uh kind of on a little bit of a goal drought uh, they have Pavoletti, they have Marco Sao, uh, but Pavoletti no goals and four appearances, missed a couple sitters this past game, uh, and they are only one point above Spal. So, you know, is my, I guess my domanda for you guys is, should that be their only goal this season, other than not getting relegated, is let's just, let's just finish above Spal, damn it. <laughs> That's what would be my entire goal. Like, you know, as long as Spal is... is you know, above 16th place, just just above Spall. Yeah. Please, just above Spall. <laughs> well, I mean, given how late Borriello left uh, for Spall, I imagine that caught Cagliari a little bit off guard, at least a little bit. So they're relying on young players with uh, Marco Sao and... Uh, uh, Marco Sao, not young. He looks young. I'm sorry, but uh, they're, they're local kids. Uh, Marco Sao and, and uh, Borella, who is young. Uh, and uh, I think we have here, he's, he got called up for the national team. Am I right been about tell, that? been telling you guys, Nicolo Barella, he's going to be a star um, in this league. I don't know how long he's going to stay. I don't know if he's going to pull a Francesco Totti and stay at Calgary forever. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's been playing really well. Actually, the only player on the entire field for Calgary this game that played well. 
Pavoletti, you said it, Marco, man, $12 million for this guy as a transfer, the highest transfer record uh, in, in Calgary history, no goals, man. Just not get it done. Is it a coincidence that the the heir to Boriello's throne right now is Barello? <laughs> Barella? It's all about the bees. All about the bees. So uh, really cool seeing Napoli at the top of the table. Continues that. Uh, con- they continue that into the international break. So... On to the next, Juventus in second place. They played Atalanta. This one finished 2-2 as Juve drops points on the road and schedule a proctology appointment for the OTFR game they have up next. Yep. Tad, what would you think? Going along with, uh, with, with Juve's common operating procedure is that, or standard operating procedure is if, you, if they drop points, next team's better to look out. In a game that I wish they could both lose next week with OTFR and, and Juve, but we're not talking about that game. We're talking about Atalanta. And, guys, Atalanta, got to love them. They play Calcio small ball. They're beaten in every major statistical category except for the most important one, and that is the score. And Juve go up too early. But as I was saying when we were watching this game in Philly, um, but, you know, they just weren't afraid. And they, did, and they fought back. They take they take the fight back. They get two goals, um, and they hold on to this tie until, like any common, you know, uh, uh, Juve game that goes into stoppage time until the 394th minute. It was uh, Phil Azzurri, Phil, who I think pulled up the 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 meme that you know it's like the the fourth official putting up the score thing saying until Juventus scores <laughs> instead of uh of the extra time signal it's it's unbelievable it's like you can almost bet every single time that if, if it's if you is losing or the game's tied uh you know they're gonna have at least four minutes it, it always seems that way anyways for the Juventini out there who if you think we're talking trash just turn and look in your trophy case and laugh in our faces. Yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of Atsuri fan Phil and us, you know, hated rivals uh, uh, watching this game together, cheering for Atlanta. It seems like everybody is cheering for Atlanta. It seems like the announcer wanted Atalanta. I keep on saying Atlanta. Well, that's because they're so popular in the MLS. Yeah. <laughs> Atalanta. Yeah, but everyone's cheering for Atalanta. You know, the announcer's cheering for him. It seemed like VAR wanted him to win. Man, I even think I saw, you know, Juve's players' wives in the crowd at one point being like, you know, by La Como and El Papu up there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just everybody wants them to win. It leads into my second, speaking of VAR, it leads into my second takeaway, the VAR controversy, guys. We have two controversial calls. Mandzukic's goals disallowed because Licksteiner elbows Papu Gomez in the face, which... I mean, let's be fair. How did they judge that he did that on purpose or anything? Because Papu was just Gomez, running. Yeah, Papu Gomez lives at elbow height. That's true. So, That's mean, very true. He did, throw, oh, he did throw a high bow, though, and you know, it makes sense. He's uh, XOTFR. <laughs> very, very true. And uh, and a late penalty was given um, to uh, Juventus because Andrea Ernest Hemingway Petagna for a handball that was. Reviewed by VAR but upheld, which is crazy because I don't. There was not Didn't conclusive evidence that he that he touched it with his arm, but the the uh, uh, the stop is made and Dybala is kept out of the goal. But man, guys, you know the reaction to this. I'm really starting to love VAR because it's you know, like VAR is morphing into like a real person 
like all the Italians are treating it like it like it's like it's something that like thinks and feels. Ilvar. Ilvar. You know, yes, I know him. He lives down the street. Uh, um, you know, everyone. You know, people love it or they hate it. But you know, no matter what, they get, there's like some measured response given it to him. You know, it's kind of like your girlfriend's annoying best friend. You know, who everyone hates, but you know, tries to hide it, not tra- talk trash about it to the face. It's so much so that like, you know, they they start overreacting like Alleg- Allegri. You know, saying that games now because of VAR, you know, behind VAR's back are going to be like American football, you know, three to four hours long. Like, no, no matter what, that's not going to happen. These are going to be like NFL games. They're not going to start going to commercial. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, everyone's going to be eating nuts until midnight when the game finishes, which if that's the case, Zamperini, that's a scenario he's going to love if VAR results in in eating nuts until midnight. Um, (laughs) But, you know, no matter how polite everyone else is trying to be about the passive-aggressive HR lady that is VAR, Uve's sporting director, Fabio Patatici, who is no relation to our Fabio, is like your coworker that gets drunk at the Christmas party and tells her exactly what everybody has been whispering around the water cooler, unloads on VAR, gets fined 20K, and gets banned for two weeks. And and they they say for insulting (laughs) the video assistant referee because VAR guys VAR has feelings too yeah poveraccio poveraccio il VAR yeah seriously man that is he's a good good. boy you know Uh, but I mean if if that's the case man are we gonna start handing out fines for Marco playing FIFA yeah I I know this game was super fun to watch I think the VAR aspect of things uh, particularly on uh, the one that they called the goal they called back on Juventus man I mean it's having a significant effect and it's just interesting that it is seemingly having the biggest effect on Juventus after everything that the league, all the other teams have been saying. Yeah, uh, Var is a good boy. Yeah, I know, but uh, just it 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 seems like a great equalizer. It's playing into that narrative for sure. My last, yeah, and you know what, Juve goes down a second on the table after after Var Var impact. The human element tries to come in with giving them three hundred and twenty two minutes. In, in stoppage time. But. I'll tell you what, though, man. You know, this this whole VAR issue, I feel like it's kind of been a little bit dormant in the last couple of weeks. And then uh, I think we needed some fresh material here because we kept we keep talking about Dybala every single week. Yeah. Well, that's my last takeaway of this game. <laughs> I can't talk about the game without Dybala and Higuain. And the big thing on this one, guys, is because, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about the rise of Dybala and the fall of Higuain, um, you know, and... and we got Fat Man and Robin, Fat Man and Nightwing, Fat Man and um, Dibalik. And uh, in this one, Iguain scores his second goal of, of the week, if we include Champions Week, a boss of a goal where he just basically Charles Barkley's his way down there um, and turns and, and slams it in. And Dibala misses the PK, which, you know, cost uh, 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 Juventus three points. So we got this controversy still going on. But, you know, apparently Argentina's paying attention to it, too, because Fatboy G has been left off the Argentina squad. Ouch. But Papu Gomez and Papu, who is as ewy as a used baby's diaper man, did you see that man this game? Yep. This- did you see that man this game? He is, he's like Maradona. Yeah. I mean, dribbling the whole team, just dropping dimes into the, into the box. Man, this guy is the most exciting number 10 arguably, in the Serie A right now, not named Dybala. Definitely making it fun to watch for Atalanta. Uh, their captain really making noise. Uh, thrilled for him having a good game against the biggest team in Italy. Wish we would have gotten him at Roma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so there you go. You've got Atalanta giving it to Juve. That allows Napoli to take over first place officially. 
Let's keep rolling in the top five to Inter and Benevento. This one finished 2-1. Benevento puts up a fight, but is still terrified of Serie A teams. Not even steroids helping poor, poor Benevento. Guys, Benevento definitely did play their best game of the season against a big club here in Inter. Good counters. They hit some woodwork. They even got a first-half goal from D'Alessandro, so I'll take that wherever we can get it. They were shaking up the Natty Lights and spraying them like champagne. Celebrating, absolutely. Yeah. I still want to hear about this steroids comment. Yeah, so that is a, 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 big, a bit of a negative part. We got Captain Fabio Luciano facing a one-to-four-year ban. He claims that he only took what Benevento doctors prescribed him, so... That's, That's what Lance Armstrong did. Right. Man. Plausible deniability, I guess. I was just taking what I was given. You mean your guys' doctor doesn't give you a big horse shot in the butt every time you go yeah, in there exactly. that makes you stronger and angry? No, yeah. he just gives me horse meat, and then he just sends me <laughs> off on yeah, my right. way. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, despite playing at least fairly well for a half, uh, they got zero points after a rough schedule here. Milan, Napoli, Crotone, now Inter. I saw this tweet uh, out there uh, in the Twitterverse. At uh, Optopolo tweeted, Mark D'Alessandro's goal ended a 567-minute long goal drought for Benevento in Serie A. So they've got well, one they here. they only played 567 it, minutes it, in Serie Seriously, Syria? you know, like it's just uh, it's going to be that kind of season for poor, poor Benevento. Are you going to coin that term the Twitterverse? I'm sure that's been out, man. you got to get on social media more. <laughs> yeah, you guys give me the password. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, at least the relief that's coming for this one, guys. Uh, maybe a sponsorship deal in Benevento's favor for Pepto-Bismol or Mylanta. Because there's, there's going to be more pain before they get another goal, it seems, uh, for the next uh, go-around here. They lose this game. we got to turn our attention over to Inter, though. Always seemingly complaining up there in the, with the Ultras. And yet they're still winning. So i got to start this part of the story here with our friends over at Serpents of Matadina. Uh, from uh, SB Nation. They're reporting that Inter obtained seven of their points from goals scored in the 75, 75th minute and onward. So all the fingernails for the Interisti out there thoroughly chewed. This game... Well, well, that's good because then they get the first 74 minutes to read Juan de Icardi's book. Exactly, exactly. Um, plenty of time it's for that. It's the downtime that really counts so you can enjoy the moments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like an NBA game or something. The, last, the game happens in the last five minutes. But uh, for this one here, they jumped out on top early. Benevento game, they got two goals in the first half. If you're an Interista, you're thinking, all right, put this one to bed, right? Enter college game days, Lee Corso. Not so fast. 2-1 with Benevento fighting in this one. And seemingly, the, the Interisti let them because they, they definitely took their foot off the gas and, and Benevento you know, had their chances. They could have gotten a draw here, so... Interisti, I think, have a valid excuse for complaining of why can't we just dominate games? Why can't we be good? Um, I mean, their defense has been dominating, though. You know, least goals scored against uh, out of any team in the league, and they can hold their heads up high that Skriniar is living up to that price tag. Yeah, yeah. Actually, with only $23 million for Skriniar, they basically got him out of the bargain bin, considering these were summer transfer purchases. There's other excuses, too, here. Uh, there, a lot of We've heard this in other Milan clubs, particularly AC Milan. The team needs to grow. They need to get together and grow. But then there's another story that was on uh, ESPN I thought was interesting with Kandreva. Seemingly has another case of the yips. So maybe that's for uh, Fabio out there. There might be other players affected by the yips as well. The expectation for him coming to Inter was 10 goals a year. 
And in one year, he has only managed six. And this is the most surprising stat to me, guys. Of the crosses, he is averaging nine shanked crosses a game. It's just abysmal. And so seemingly... Uh, Those they, are Wani Turbe stats right yeah, there. Yeah, they got something to complain about. Spalletti shouldering the blame, saying he's going to work with Condravi on the issue, believes in him, he's going to keep him out there. But honestly, that right there is why I miss Spalletti. It's, he, he's, he's just good at the gamesmanship of the media. So uh, I, I do uh, think that he's the right guy to, to cover somebody for, for Condreva there. Other big story here is Brozovic getting the brace. Uh, he got both goals here. The second one, a goal of the week candidate for sure. Spalletti after the game saying he likes Marcello, has great quality and the characteristics to play as a Trey Cortista on the shoulders of a center forward. So Spalletti still in the news uh, for this one, just seemingly uh, getting uh, shelled for they, everyone feels like uh, Inter needs another goal scorer to kind of perfect the puzzle. And he's seem, he's not having it. He, he wants to keep shuffling the deck, seeing uh, with using the, the players he's got to make big moves. Well, they haven't lost a game yet. I don't know what anyone has anything to complain about. You know, because they only beat Benevento two to one. Benevento sucks. Don't get me wrong. But they had some they, chances this game, though. Yeah, honestly. but they but they still are a Serie A team that you can't overlook. And the other thing I gotta say about this guy: Does Brozovic have the best teammate name ever? Like he scores, and you run up to him, you're like, "Man, great goal, Brozovic!" Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If he ever makes it in America, here, that's uh, that's a T-shirt. That's no, yeah, that's that's like a. It sounds like an an all-star lacrosse player. Yeah. Sweet goal, Brozovic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, exactly right. That You don't even have to make up his name. It's just, it's Well, I mean, that's everybody's name, and, exactly. you know, and, like, the Maryland lacrosse team. Yeah. It's huge that Brozovic is back, though, like, playing and scoring two goals. I mean, that free kick he scored was amazing. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're getting him rotated in, you know, they've been missing him. Absolutely. He's a good he's a good player, and it just adds depth to their midfield that already is stacked right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Inter's nasty right now. Uh, Valero and, and Vecino, like I said, they're ripping up. Inter's, they got, they, got, they got a great coach. I mean, their, their fans, have their ultras have nothing to complain about. Um, this is a team that's, you know, looks it looks like they're most definitely going to be in the Champions League. Yeah. Enjoy it, Inter. You're in third place with 19 points. Savor it. Love it. Let's move on, guys, to a spanking on the table. We've got OTFR playing Sassuolo. This one finished 6-1, basically a football score. OTFR absolutely routes Sassuolo and shines under the lights of a half-empty Olympico. Yeah, more than half-empty. For whatever reason, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It looks like OTFR is just uh, fans don't want to come out. I don't know what's going on there. And soon they won't be allowed to come out. <laughs> yeah, or at least at Curva Nord. Um, <laughs> But yes, yeah, Sassuolo, you know, they, re- they started the scoring with Berardi Piquet, and you thought, is he back? Is uh, Sassuolo ex-Cinderella of, you know, 10 years ago, seemingly? Uh, are they going to start, you know, turning this thing around? But then it's just OTFR for 60 minutes straight. They're pumping six goals into the ex-Cinderella's net. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just the way OTFR has been, and that's the way Sassuolo has been in, in this beginning of the season. The big takeaway here for OTFR is Luis Alberto. You know, if you're tired of hearing about Chiro the Hero, Chiro, Chiro the Hero Immobile, well, we're tired of saying it, you know. <laughs> the ex-Liverpool player, uh, Luis Alberto, that is, uh, I mean, he's been this season's early revelation. Man of the match in this one, you know, 10 out of 10. Scores an incredible free kick. 
And man, I would take an olive oil shot for this guy if it weren't for the fact that he plays for OTFR. He has the bleached Backstreet Boys, hashtag Backstreet Boys bleached hair of the week. I mean, the way he, he looks and plays, uh, he's he's feeling it right now, man. I'm you telling you. You think it's in honor of uh, Chiro the Hero? Like, oh man, if I could just look like him, maybe I could play like him too. Because Chiro's kind of rocking that, that haircut. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think he's just, he's, he's, improved from this last season he's had the the potential and it's just it's just coming to light you know Felipe Anderson everybody expecting him to be the second best player on the team or even the best player um but it just seems like Luis Alberto is the suso of last year for OTFR yeah I think it has a lot to do with Inzaghi's coaching and he does have a lot of talent around him with Felipe Anderson and with uh Milinkovic Savic so uh, they're, they're stacked and I agree with, totally agree with you he is been he has been dominated so far, and you can't give an OTFR player a man of the match because somewhere out there, if you do that, a baby gets bronchitis. <laughs> they also have Nani. Let's not forget, you know, still still uh, waiting for him to explode on the scene. And uh, you know, everybody was worried when Keita Badel uh, left, but you know, again, Luis Alberto filling that void. Speaking of voids. I mean, that stadium, it, it, the Stadio Olimpico, you, you know, if you're a Roma fan, complain about attendance, look at these OTFR games. I mean, average attendance of 27,000. I think it was last season, it was something crazy like 14 season tickets sold. Uh, I mean, I, they, go I, ahead. I will say this. I did see on Twitter, though, that a bride came to the game in her wedding gown with an OTFR scarf on, and they thrashed Sassuolo 6-1. to one. So say what you will about OTFR. They turned up when a bride and a groom came to the game. Yeah. Unlike me with Roma Wedding Derby and, uh, and, and Roma breaking my heart. She must yeah. have flown in on a, on, a, on a broom. But do you think, like... <laughs> It's uh, it's uh, Sassuolo here too. I mean, Sassuolo is one of the lesser teams. We've kind of established that. I mean, if you're a fan of OTFR, if that's possible, uh, you want to go to the stadium to watch this game. Not, I'm not having any of that. You win Supercoppa, you're you have the one of the top goal scorers in the league, and Luis Alberto's turning up. Your your team is doing as well as they've been doing over the past couple seasons. You turn up, um, but you know, right on cue. Uh, Curva Nord, they get two-game banned for the racist chanting, so expect that average attendance to drop a little bit, even though they got a big game coming up against Juventus, and that's going to be a true test for this team. We'll see what happens there. I mean, rightly so, right? I just, you know, the racial stuff's got to stop. We're seeing it in our own country. I hope Italy does better with that stuff. So good on the league for, for at least doing that. Uh, I mean, the racial chance from the Curva Nord, is anybody surprised anymore? It's like turning up to the pieting contest, and you know, you're like, there's a 350 pound guy, and you're like, I think that guy's going to eat a lot of pie. And then he eats a lot of pie. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate part of, uh, of Serie A and OTFR. Well, they, I think they are playing the UVA game in Turin, so that might be a saving grace for that game for them. But we'll see how uh, OTFR does against uh, a, a Juventus side who, like you said, is already uh, signing up patients at the proctologist here. So uh, the only good thing for Sassuolo fans right now, guys, Berardi back on the score sheet. Finally, it's a PK. Uh, but, you know, uh, it just seems like this team is just not a lot of good happening. There's a couple teams like that right now. 
What were you saying, Tad? It's like it's fake news that they even made that they ever made the the Europa League yeah. like last season. For, like what happened? For as long as we've been talking about Sassuolo trying to hype him up, and last year they had a lot of injuries. You know, EDF did what he could to right the ship. This year they're awful, man. I mean, just, I think about the time when they were they, were they in Europa League? I think, or was that was that fake news? I don't know. Yeah, it feels like a distant memory. So. Sassuolo continues to dwindle down there in the basement. Let's move on to happier times. We've got Roma and Milan up next, rounding out the top five. This one finished 2-0. Roma makes a for-sale sign to give to the Milan Ultras to put in Montella's front yard. What do we got for this one, guys? Yeah, after a heavily contested first half, Roma turn up in the second half. Absolutely. After Florenzi blows a breakaway goal, Jekyll scores his seventh of the season. Absolutely beautiful. And then the wee little Roman repents and smashes home a 2-0 punisher that leaves Milanisti wondering whether they got too hyped too early. Big takeaways from this one, guys. Montella. Yeah, definitely the main story throughout the week. Uh, We got to start probably uh, Ancelotti up in Bayern Munich got canned. So now all the Milanisti that just that coupled with the fact that Montella has been hearing rumblings about his job for the basically since the season started, um, there was a lot of talk of maybe he's going to replace him, and this yeah, game was going to be a vote of confidence. That might be possible just because, you know, right when Milan has all the money in the world you know, to spend and they're struggling a little bit and Montella might not be the right answer and Schlotti comes available, there's still a lot for that to become a reality. Um, but I would say if they, if they get, you know, another poor, a poor result in the Derby, that might be highly likely. Maribella gives Montella afterwards a vote of confidence, um, and you know what we all we all know what that means, man. He's if you saw curb your enthusiasm this past week, he's starting the foist. Yeah. He's calling up teams around the league, being like, "Hey, you guys, you guys need a new coach." Sassuolo, do you want Montella? Yeah, but Sassuolo, that guy. I will vouch for this guy this right man, now. Montella is great. You know what? You might take him. You know, it's not that he's bad. It's just you know, Ancelotti's available. We would take him, but dude, let let us foist. Uh, Montel onto you. The other big story of that is uh, apparently Ancelotti came out saying he's going to take the rest of the season off. No more coaching for the next 10 months. But I kind of with you, Tad, that just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. Oh, you know, Montella's not doing himself any favors this game. We, you know, we watched the game with Roma Club Philly, and from the beginning of the match, why is Suso on the bench? Why is Borini starting right now? And quite frankly, like, he just makes the subs too little, too late. Cutrone, who's been, like, really hot. I don't know why he puts him on the last, like, what it was, five minutes. You know, again, Alessandro from Roma Club Philly, who, you know, really knows his stuff. He, he, we, he was just, he was scratching his head, and so were we. Uh, it looks like, you know, Montella's trying to make a statement with, with doing weird subs. I don't know. It seems like Spalletti was kind of doing that at the end of last season. We know how that ends up. Yeah. My other big takeaway for this one, guys, is not watching the game with Roma Club DC and watching the game with Milan Club Philly in a professional capacity and having us beat them 2-0. little surreal. I mean, Ed and Dzeko scores an amazing goal, and the only people that are going crazy are us three, Fabio, Garen, and his girlfriend who came up, thanks guys, and two other Roma fans amongst about 40 Milan fans. Pretty crazy to cheer for a, for a goal in someone else's old house, where it, oh, oh, someone else's house, 
especially if this was, you know, Roma Club DC, we would be going absolutely bonkers. And so we have the Jacko goal. We have Florenzi's first goal since Obama was in office. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to cheer. So, guys, thanks for the hospitality, but we'll I've, take the result. Yeah. I'm, I felt like we were respectful, but Milan Club Philly, you let us know if, uh, if we could do better next Chris, time. Chris, you running around the rooms, twirling your shirt in the <laughs> hair, you know, knocking over uh, uh, Milan Club Philly guys' drinks was not really yeah. all that I'll do better next time. Well, the Milan Philly a club president comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder, asks me, what do I drink? And I turned to him and was like, Peroni. And then we turn and then Jekyll scores and he just walks away. <laughs> he, he gave me that beer back later on, but you know, I don't blame him. I was, I was hooting and hollering. So, yeah. uh, you know, in the end, we're all big fans, right? That's, that's why we're in the podcast business. That's right. My third takeaway from this one, guys, is Roma is getting hot. What is this? Four wins in a row for them um, in the Serie A. You know, and they're scoring goals by committee. I mean, uh, uh, Florenzi's goal was, you know, Nangolan just sees a seam, darts right at it, beautiful left-footed strike, taps off, and Florenzi's right there to knock it in. These guys are looking really good, but, guys, we have a really tough October coming up. We have Napoli sandwiched by two Chelsea games. Going to be rough for sure. But one that. thing, one thing, I just have to do this for, for you, Chris. Uh, and I know Nick did a great job last week on the pod. So did Sam, by the way. But my favorite part of it was when uh, Nick started whipping out them Jekyll stats. Mm-hmm. I have to say, not only did Jekyll score in, the, in the, the first goal of this game to unlock it for Roma, but he also was the magic man on that second goal. He took the ball down with his chest, long ball. Then he played it to Nangolan, who was through on goal. But it just shows that it's Jekyll's not just a, a tap-in kind of guy. He scores all over the place, and he's the point of reference of the team right now. One of the best players in Serie A. No, even I would have to agree with that, that uh, Cecho, I, I still in his past, I do think he's suffered from the yips, but so far this season, man, they're few and far between. He really he had a great game. Guys, I wonder how rough October is going to be for Roma. We have the international break coming up. Desperately needed to get guys like DDR and Strootman healthy, try and get Schick healthy, Defrel healthy. International break. After that, for the rest of October, we have seven games in three weeks. Ouch. I'm waiting for the call-up, man. Yeah. yeah Stretching we're, out we're right ready. now. That's right. And uh, after Drinking enough of this natural light, and we'll be just telling people in the bar we'll be ready, ready for the call-up. No we'll cramping. Check our social media out, because uh, we saw on, on uh, Twitter that uh, Boss, Hugo Boss, is now the official sponsor or, or fashion stylist for Roma. Partnership, yeah. Kind of looks like Curve America. We could be the second fill-ins for well, some of those we players. we did, <laughs> and it, we have the photograph to, to prove it. That's right. So, yes, very coincidental that both Roma and Curve America get the Hugo Boss partnership. At basically the same time, picture is insanely similar too. Yeah. Chris with that tiara, that Hugo Boss tiara, or yep. Chris Nick, yep. you wish it was you. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had that. That that made the picture. But but Chris was the only guy with shades on. Yeah. All I right, guess you got to check it out on social media. Otherwise, this is going to seem pretty weird. Yes, please check it out. All right, guys, that rounds out the top five. Let's take a quick break, and we'll finish off week seven. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million-square-foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. 
Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Coove America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right, starting off the second half of week seven, we've got Udinese and Sampdoria. This one finished 4 nothing, and it's any given Sunday, guys. Saturday in this case. Sampdoria lose to Udinese. They went down. Sampdoria went down 10 men in the first half. Always going to be a tough game after that happens with a double yellow ejection for Barreto. But three of the four goals come from the Little Zebra's PK spot. We got those goals showing up here. I was looking to see if there were any VAR stories in this one because we saw the Udinese owner, Gianpaolo Pozzos, throwing some shade at Juve saying VAR was great. Some of these calls for the PKs, I don't know, guys. I'm not sure if you saw these highlights, but a little bit of flopping going on, in my humble opinion, for Udinese. But no VAR stories uh, that I saw, so the the goals stand. We've got... uh, Was Emilio Estevez coaching the Udinese side in this one, getting them to flop and dive? Yeah, right. right. I I did see the highlights. Bombay. I did see the highlights. I don't remember them, but I believe you because this is Serie A. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's part of our our trademark, absolutely. So, you know, for nothing, it sounds it seems like Udinese just whacked Sampdoria here, but I don't know, just PKs here. Uh, there was a brace in this game from Maxi Lopez for Udinese. His second goal was a beautiful kind of a kukiayu for uh, uh, in live play. It was a really nice goal. So uh, I read in uh, Gazzetta Little Sport here that. Uh, the Udinese, their only regret here is that they won't be playing any of the Ligurian teams, which is Genoa is the capital of that Italian state, anytime soon. So just this, the newspaper absolutely burning the city of Genoa here. Well, because Udinese's only two wins are against Sampdoria and OTF Genoa. Exactly. So uh, pretty good for them. Uh, anyone from Genoa is welcome anytime up there in Udinese, up in the northeast. For Sampdoria, guys, just tough times. Il Mister Giampaolo, frustrated with the club. He acknowledges you can't give up games in this league. And in my opinion, they played worse than my New York football giants. It's as if these two teams are sharing the offensive strategies for this one. Just don't score and we'll be fine. And then, eventually, we'll lose. Wait, no. I mean, they're not like the Giants. They're not 0-4. Yeah, right. But uh, at least their offensive... uh, tactics of not scoring any points they're, that's that's the same yeah i mean they're not the giants we don't have uh the giggity goal or quags out there you know proposing to a uh, kickoff uh net they're yeah. not giants they're not in last place in the division <laughs> all right we ragged on my giants enough they're terrible they're, let's... they're not the giants their their star <laughs> player doesn't look like a toe let's keep rolling on guys hair on it we've got torino and verona up next this was finished with a 2-2 draw the Bulls miturate away a golden opportunity to climb the table against a Verona side that, in the end, reminds Syria that they still have some special talents on their team despite being a trash team overall. Marco, what do you got? That's right, and Torino starts the game 2-0 in the first half. That's the worst part about it after all the Miha hype. Uh, you know, the coach really tries to to grab this bull by the horns. Uh, you know, Bellotti gets injured, hurts his knee in the second half. It's That's a real a shame. Tough one, man. They're out for a month at least, right? Yeah, and then Verona pulls the miracle uh, tie in the last five minutes of the game. So a little bit of excitement towards the end. But 
Look, man, the, the first takeaway of this, these, the bullhorns are looking dull after this one, man. You know, again, they're supposed to be that team from Torino with the Grinta. You know, they have, a, they have some solid players. Um, they brought over Niang this season. You know, we were, they were able to keep Bellotti. Uh, but they just collapsed midway through this game. You know, and even though Niang came out after Miha called him out, um, even though Niang, you know, stepped up to the plate and scores after Mihailovic calls him out, uh, you know, it's just, you, I don't know. It, you, Torino, you're just expecting more out of this team. Especially after, against Hellas Verona, man. you got to do better than that. With all the mind games that the Italian Bobby Knight Mijas playing on this one, I'm surprised these guys don't know their, uh, their horns from their elbow. Good one, good one. Nailed it. And, I mean, guys, I mean, one of the big stories here is that I really wish that with that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode that it, that Iturbe was still on this team because then we could really have a, a nice foisting example. All right. We're eager to foist for the Serie A. Very eager. He, he, like, missed some ridiculous open goal chance, like, for mm-hmm. this new team in, where is he, in China? Mexico. In Mexico, Mexico right. Yeah. Belotti is the big story here, uh, at least post-match. Uh, he's out for a month. You know, that means no, he's not on the Italian national team, obviously, this week. Um, but we've been talking about it, and we've been asking this question for a while. What happens to Torino if Belotti gets injured, right? Um, now we're going to find out, you know, who's going to step up and who is going to be the rooster of this squad and is going to protect the hens from the foxes. It's uh, it's it's something that he's you know he's been carrying this team on his back for the past couple of seasons, and I think now is is the true testament on whether Torino is actually a solid team or not. Got a lot of animals going up there in Torino here with the rooster, the hens, and the foxes, and the, the bulls. bulls, the bulls. Yeah, we got a lot going, a lot of livestock yeah. going on. Maybe up we there. should start calling them the petting zoo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This, All right. This game has uh, really has the who's who's of Serie A's potential stars. I mean, even though Hellas Verona is not good at all this season, you know, they do have Cerci, who was like like super prominent like three seasons ago. Pazzini, who's uh, like a kind of like an unsung hero, half legend, not really. Uh, Moise Keane, the new young star coming from Juve. So, you know, some good players and talents on this team. Um, but, you know, and then Torino, Niang, Jaic, Farke. I just, I just wanted to point this out because the Serie A is every team on the, on, it seems like in the league has some, at least some X stars. And uh, it's just good to see, even if a team like Elas Verona is just not very good, um, you know, they, they still have some quality players that are fun to watch. So tune in to the next Elas Verona game, guys. You <laughs> yeah. won't be disappointed. All right. On to the other team from Verona. We've got Chievo and Fiorentina. This one finished 2-1. OTF Verona? Ah, well, yeah, we might have another OTF going on here. I think Hellas would probably get that, that uh, title, though. Chievo here playing hard enough in their victory to make their grandsons proud. By the way, their grandsons already exist. <laughs> Ted, what do you got? Their grandsons are driving their sons to the exactly. game to watch Chievo play. <laughs> Well, Fiorentina lost a away game, so it just begs the question is what color jersey they were, were they wearing? And so they rocked green ones this game, which green for them apparently is the color of poor defending and finishing because they could not defend and they could not put a shot on target to save their lives 
after Simeone got a beautiful header in this game. So Diego Simeone, one of the rising stars of Serie A, does put one in goal for Fiorentina, but that's about all they got. No matter what color jersey they were wearing, though, in the second half, they must have been come out wearing brown shorts from crapping themselves after Chiesa goes off with a, with a knee injury. So we're about to find out what this team is now that their star player is gone. I mean, I really like following Viola Nation um, on Twitter, which you guys haven't checked them out. They're a great Twitter follow, and they wrote an article that's just kind of, kind of in stark contrast to to our narratives. They're just hating on HDCT <laughs> and Benassi, and they're just praying for more playing time from Samponata and Valentin Isarich, which actually I do believe Isarich should be getting more because when he before he got hurt at the beginning of the season was was very promising. He's the number ten. Kievos Castro in this one gets a brace. Another big takeaway. Um, he just totally posterizes Beragi on the back post on both, one, both goals. I mean, I, I don't know how this guy is a professional uh, fullback because he just he's he's just lost in this game. He's lost like Jack Caden Sawyer on a mythical island. Um, and my last one takeaway for this game, guys, is you know Sorrentino. He had a nice save this week, but my favorite thing about him is he actually appeared in this week's Italian version of Us Weekly. You know, Us Weekly has <laughs> yeah, yeah. that things you don't know about me thing, and he had a five things you don't know about me. Would you, I wrote them down. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number five is uh, one thing my father, my father always used to say was yabba dabba do. <laughs> Four, we used to laugh at the neighbor kid for thinking the earth was round. Three, I once lived on a ship for 40 days and 40 nights and, and had to share a room with two giraffes. It inspired me to become a goalkeeper. Number two, my first concert was Beethoven. And number one, I used to babysit the Pope when he was a toddler. <laughs> Cue the crowd audience laughter, yeah. man. This is Bill Maher-esque. David Letterman here, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I got. One, well, we got uh, Roberto Inglese here getting a national call-up. That's some exciting news for Kievo, right? At least for us. Yeah, exactly. We get to call Bobby English during the international break. I like that. Yeah, Bobby English leaves the team for a short period of time. It brings their uh, team age average to prehistoric. Yeah. Yep. Is this a foreshadow, though? He's putting on the, the, the blue jersey again? Ooh. All right. Stirring the pot. Stirring the pot is right. All right, that rounds out. The middle of the pack. Let's head down to Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone. The Danger Zone. All right. I just like to point out we have not been talking enough about Whittle Richard on this podcast. We need to work him back in. He's such an excellent commentator. Spirit animal. Such an excellent commentator. All right. Up first in Richard Whittle's Danger Zone is Spall and Crotone. This finished with a 1 1 draw. Both bottom dwellers take a half, and both also take a point in this one, as Week 7's Toilet Bowl finishes in a draw. Spall's Borriello got off early in this game, which is totally a bummer for storylines and women around the world and everything else. No, no, he had places to be, dog. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Could very well be. He's going to go try out for the new Hugh Hefner role. Yeah, there you go. Hot take. I like that. Actually, I think he's going to to buy uh, Rick Pitino's house in Louisville. Yeah. Fortunately, his replacement, Poloski, comes on, and he gets the goal for Spall. So that gets responded to with Crotone's Simi. And we have to point out here, Simi was with the club last year, too. But he is enormous. He looks like Manute Bowl or George Murasan out there compared to, like, I mean, most of the league, you got to say, is kind of 
Papu Gomez height. Pretty much a lot of five-footers running around out there. Simi here, just a a giant out there. He gets a goal and is pretty nice. Well-placed, a little curvature to the post. Well done. They only get a point here in each each side here. Crotone gets one, a spall. Il Mister for Crotone. Davide Nicola, happy with the result. Thought it was what both teams deserved. So when uh, Crotone plays Atalanta, Simi's going to knee Papu Gomez in the head? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It won't be an elbow. Absolutely right. I'll tell you what. Davide Nicola, happy with a point against Spal. I mean, you gotta, you got you to gotta want it more than that. I mean, I know he likes bike rides, but, you know... Pretty soon he won't be able to afford a car if his team keeps going like this. I would say uh, the, the mantra here for Crotone is definitely going to be bend, don't break. We're just aiming for tev- 17th place. But, you know, guys, we started off the season with Crotone. Like, we were just pretty much sure that they were going to go down. Some of the teams in Serie A are just crap this year. That I'm starting to kind of believe in Crotone Heck again. yeah. Hashtag yeah. march to 16th place. Yeah. Just finish one place better than before we have ls trash benevento trash it's pretty it's pretty much cagliari down is uh it's 14th place to 20th place yeah uh not great and crotone has got to have more points than they did at this point than they did last year we should look that up that's true um but so uh, like i said guys if if the 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 mandate is still on if they stay up i'm buying a jersey and I was saying there was going to be the white one, but they rocked an alternate here. They've got pink in their uniforms, too, which actually kind of made it pop. It's in the running here for uh, maybe that's going to be the purchase. What's going to happen when you go to your new boxing gym with that pink Crotone oh, yeah, jersey? Yeah, definitely not wearing that uh, to any gyms. But, uh, Get your ass long, whooped. How long did it take you to find that the main Crotone jersey online? Where are you going to so find true. that pink one? Yeah, it's true. I'm looking for an alternate jersey. That's a good point, Tad. That's going to be lost. I'm actually still blown away that they put Pythagoras on the back of your shirt. I for sure thought that that one was coming back um, uh, 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 misspelled. Misspelled. Yeah, 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 yeah. My buddy Enzo got a, got a jersey in Italy. I mean, he's Italian. He lives in, in Rome, born and raised in Rome, and he went in and got his jersey printed on the back. And instead of saying Enzo, which is a common Italian name, yeah. it said Esno. <laughs> and they got Pythagoras on yours. So. Yeah, yep. Pays well, big bucks. That's, what that's right. I paid extra for correct spelling. Not questioning the collective intelligence of the boot of Italy. I'm just collecting, questioning the collective intelligence of people who print the back of customized uh, <laughs> uniforms anywhere in the world. Very good. Very good. Even the Norwegian ones. Yep. They're probably idiots at it, too. <laughs> well, Forza Crouton Nation, hey, we got a point. That's a good week for us. Let's finish off week seven with Genoa and Bologna. This one finished 0-1 as the Jedi Rat Tail grabs three points for Marcos first and foremost and the city of Bologna as the Rosso Blue take down the other team from Genoa. Marco, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I'm a little offended that you put Bologna in the danger zone, Chris. Um but, you know, I guess, I guess I'll have to suck it up here. Yeah, no, it was for uh, Genoa. Will, Genoa's will, in the danger zone. I will remind everyone we are in a solid 10th place. That's right smack down in the middle, 11 points. I mean, that means we're only 10 points away from uh, Napoli right now. So just keep that in <laughs> mind, guys. Guys, big takeaway here, Jedi Rat Tail. I mean, this guy, you know, he's been in the league for a while now, uh, 35 years old. And he's he's been Bologna spark over the past couple weeks. Really been involved in anything positive coming out of Bologna, except for 
Verdi. I, I lied. You know, Mirante really had a really good game again. You know, he's been pulling up the saves, and that's part of the reason why they are, are mid-table right now. But Bologna, guys, let's not forget beautiful city i used to live there if you guys didn't know allegedly if you'd like me to you know offer some good places to eat i'll ask my parents all right you'll you'll ask trip advisor that's right (laughs) yelp uh and then the other story if you want to call it that is otf genoa the other team from genoa aka genoa doomed to relegation that's what we're saying right now uh, I know we just said, you know, if anyone f- between 14th and 20th place, it's the race for relegation. But OTF Genoa, man, they've been snowballing since last season, uh, midway through last season. But the one positive that I will give them is that they have the hashtag freshest kits. At least they're competing, I think, with Inter this week. And Crotone. With, and Crotone. Okay, I'll give you that. But the bar- dark blue top with the red shorts and red socks, the gold letters, I mean... It's hard to beat that. Like, let's let's be real here. I mean, I guess if you're going down, you got to go down looking good. It's kind of like the captain of the Titanic or DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street where he turns to his assistant and he's like, get me the lewds. If I'm going down with this ship, we're not going down sober. Yep. I think you guys had a couple other good ones in there, like uh, of Genoa going down. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. And I, I agree. Genoa's jerseys, I, I kind of flagged them from the beginning of the season, man. They They looked good. I like the gold. It's like a guy about to be an executed wants to have it done in a suit. It's like Thelma and Louise. It's like Liam Neeson and the Gray. Just, just, just gotta go out in style, man. Yep, that's right. So speaking of going out in style, there goes week seven out in style. Yeah, yeah. we've got an international break here to break up Syria action here. Some huge games. Some really, this will determine who's going to Russia. Uh, at least for U.S. anyway. They've got Panama on Friday and Trinidad and Tobago, I think, next Tuesday. Oh, please, uh, God, do not crap out and go to the, not go to the World Cup, USA. That, that may be the hardest hit that that soccer in America would take and if, yeah, we if, the, if the USA didn't make the, yep. the World Cup. It would really be sad for the whole soccer world. Yep. Yeah, but thanks, Trump. We are, uh, we're not the only uh, team in that boat. We've also got Italy here. They've got Macedonia and Albania in World Cup qualifiers. They'll be rocking a new logo on their jerseys. What do you guys think of that? Love it. Love it. It's, it's more modern. It's a little more sleek. I think uh, everything in design is taking on a little more curvature these days. So I, I don't know. I think it, it looks good. And, uh, you know, I'll be putting that on my phone's background. Yeah, for there sure. you go. Definitely, at the minimum, makes the phone background. That's very fair. Meh. But I will say this. My Natty Light is finished, and I would like to dedicate my empty Natty Light beer can to Bren of Quesadi Toti, <laughs> who, if there's one thing I know about him, is that he loves canned beer. Yep. All right. So, Forza Azzurri, go, go, USA. Everyone enjoy the international break. Until week eight, ragazzi, diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.